Is your product or service stuck in Twitter under what seems like a massive pile of freezing cold snow? Let Overlord Services plow you out and expose this product to the rest of the world. For only $20 for three months of our enhanced service, we will create nifty images with your logo and information and post them on a daily basis. They also have yearly discounted rates. I am a client of Overlord Services. And I do have to say that not only are their services excellent, but they're really nice people. They post up my episodes multiple times per day for all of my shows without fail. And the communication that they have is second to none. I would greatly recommend that you try them out. Head to their shop at co-fi.com slash overlord svcs again that's coffee.com slash overlord services and click on shop below when you purchase their services let them know derek sent you Jadakiss always sound like this when he talk. Like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> really. So Scar can sound like Jadakiss, but I can't. Yes, Dude, all right. You gotta, you gotta <clears throat> say it with the. You gotta say it with the gravity, the <clears throat> gravel in your voice. You know? All right, let me try it again. <clears throat> Fuck the frail shit. Uh, Cause when my coat come in, gotta use the scale that they wear the whales with. <laughs> You sound like you're out of breath. Now you got you got no. the gravel. You get you, you got, it gets sound like you got rocks in your throat, son. It ain't working. It ain't working for you. You got you you got too much West Coast in you. Cause Damn. You, you, you be out here talking talking high pitch while you bullshitting. Um <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee the first time you come to the West Coast car, you're gonna fall in love. Probably will. I, I, I mean, I like West Coast music. No, I, I mean, just, you're going to find a West Coast woman and you're going to fall in love. It's going to be somebody from L.A. too. Somebody who calls people mark-ass busters once you get mad enough. No, nah, because, all right, so if, if if a lady calls me a mark-ass buster, that's almost like calling me a bitch. And that's a, that's a She ain't going to call you a mark-ass buster. I'm just saying that there's people in the block that are literally mark-ass busters. But you know, you know what's gonna happen when she get mad at you. She gonna call you a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Who is Scar dating? Someone that's like fifty five. Right now, you had to be living in the eighties in L.A. to be saying Mark ass. My last, my last go, my last girlfriend was ten years older than me. You don't have to be living in L.A. in the eighties to call somebody a Mark ass buster. And even if you did live in the eighties in L.A. That will still make you between the ages of 42 and under. Mm, okay, that's right. And, I mean, Mark S. Buster is just... I mean, I'll be I'll be 43 this year, so... That's his Cali style. I wouldn't so, want to date a woman with a strong L.A. accent. That'd be not very... Nah, that's not, that's not the worst one. The worst one... Is a, is a chick with a Boston accent? Yeah, because it reeks of racism. No, because they, you know, like, like for some reason, like Boston chicks' accent, it makes it. it I don't know what it, what it is about Boston, but it makes their voice sound deeper. So they like they talk and they 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 all kind of sound like Florida Evans a little bit. Like it's just weird. You gotta get you a New Orleans woman. Did you get a New Orleans woman, Brandon? No, but I did tell Brandy if we broke up, I am definitely dating someone from New Orleans. <laughs> I also want to commend you. I told you this before, but I, the fact that you how. married somebody named Brandy and your name is Brandon. <laughs> I, look, I don't know if I don't know how I can handle someone to call me little baby all the time. No, like, they call you little daddy. Little, little daddy. 
little daddy. Like I know, I don't know about that one. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I would. I don't know if I would be cool with somebody calling me like my significant other calling me little anything. They well, they just say baby, baby, like that. It's 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 almost like they're saying baby. That's the best accent in the country. Is it though? It is. It's is it though? I mean, it's better than New York by far. I would, I would say um, that. Yeah, I would. I, you know what? I just, you know what? The problem is, I just, I just put all of the South into one accent. Because when we were in, when we were in New Orleans, I swear to you, I didn't hear. I heard one person with a New Orleans accent, but I heard a lot of people with Alabama accents. Yeah, I think I think a good old Southern accent, like a like a good like deep South Carolina accent is kind of like my jam like a, a southern accent is kind of my jam i like niggas from california because I, I understand I went, what they're saying i went to uh i went uh was traveling to alabama and i was uh stopped at a gas station and there was this little cute little black lady and she said she said in the cutest accent ever she said credit or debit and i was like oh man that's so cute. You are so cute. Her accent, would, all she said was credit or debit. And like, it was like, that's so adorable. I just want to hug you right now. And all she said was credit or debit. I don't want adorable when I'm looking for a significant other. Why not? Why not adorable? No, adorable is not what I'm going for. Because usually you, usually you, you reserve adorable for children, right? Is that is that what you're getting at? This nigga looks for Mia X. New Orleans is like, <laughs> come over here now. It's the best. Brandon, do me a favor. Say pussy. Pussy. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Um, yeah, Brandon doesn't have his accent because if he if he had if he had his his be more accent. Um, Last why would week. I want that shitty accent? That's just horrible. Why, why, last, <laughs> last Tuesday, I last hate Tuesday, talking to people from Baltimore. T- last Tuesday was the best time to to let uh, Baltimore people talk with their accent. You know what? I don't understand niggas from Baltimore. How they talk. Their voices are awful. I Fuck them niggas. From Baltimore. Fuck them made up slang words I use too. Them niggas is jive like Bama's. Right? (laughs) (laughs) The crazy thing is because I was out there in Waldorf, I recognized what the fuck you said. And you're absolutely right. (laughs) (laughs) So, welcome to another one. Uh, This episode, we did uh, episode six, Variations Under Domestication. And I have to say that for the early season, this might have been my favorite episode yet. They just keep getting better to me. Like, yeah. it just And shout out to, like, my mans. We're going to get to them in a minute. Shout out to my mans because, like, I I looked up uh, uh, Dr. Leakey. Do you know Dr. Leakey is Max Headroom? No, but I can see it. Dr. Leakey is Max Headroom. For those of y'all who are too young to know, like Brandon... Max Headroom was a thing that happened in the 80s where it was just a talking head in the TV. Yeah, it was a computer generated, but I mean, blocky because it was the 80s. Yeah. And he, 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 he talked like that, like he glitched all the fucking time. Shit was annoying, but MTV loved him. Yes, absolutely. Um, also, <laughs> the reason why... <laughs> It's Brandon saying the word pussy made me think about um, this show is because Donnie. We open at Allison's house where Donnie is snoring and Allison awakens and takes a look at the nanny cam she set up. And she sees it at 3.58 a.m. Donnie woke up and stared at her like he's just standing over her like it's fucking paranormal activity. He's standing over her just staring at her with the big old eyes in his <laughs> underoos. He's standing over her like... There's a monster in my room. Can I have a glass of water? He stood. No, no, nigga. He stood over her like I threw up. 
<laughs> he stood over her like, Daddy, I'm hungry. <laughs> he stood over her like, I peed the bed, but do I tell her or do I just lay in it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's never worth it to tell your parents, kids. Just lay in it. Especially at 3 o'clock in the morning. Just lay in that shit. If it happens at like 9 o'clock, okay, cool. We're okay with that. But if you pee the bed and you wake up at like four o'clock in the morning just laying that shit or I'll sleep on the floor. Don't wake us up at four o'clock in the morning. That's fucked up. Don't tell me that you threw up either. I don't give a fuck. Just climb in bed with me. Uh, but Dr. Link is from DC. Mm. So at 358, uh, he leaves out the room and he doesn't come back into the camera view again because the camera runs out of memory before he comes back to the room. Uh, so Allison walks in the next day or later that day on Donnie panicking because they're having a potluck party that day and Allison isn't helping. And Allison wants to know where Donnie was the night before. And they yeah. argue and he's like, you know what? I'm just, I'm going to go out and get the items you're supposed to get last night, but you didn't. Donnie was being a complete dick bag right now. He was being a complete dick bag and he probably would have said more that would have got him divorced and then left if Allison hadn't clocked him in the motherfucking face with a golf club. Yep, she got that he she got that Tiger Woods wife swing. She got that titliest. <laughs> or is it titleist? <laughs> it's titliest today, dude. It's titliest. She hit him in the face with a titliest like like, it wasn't even a putter, my nigga. It was literally the driver. Like, she took him out. Allison is a wild-ass girl. She hit that nigga with the I thing. told you she, I told you she was insane. She swung for the fucking fences on that with a golf club. And before the nigga even said anything reckless, she was already looking down at the golf club like, hmm. You did, Brandon. You you said I don't think I don't I don't the way I'm looking at it is not that she's insane. She brolic. She bout about it. No, like, she's absolutely insane. She she the she the she the version, she the white version of the girl who'd be like, Don't let the light skin fool you. Don't don't let the don't let the college education fool you. I will fuck you up. Nah, she's the type of person that's like, I will fuck you the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> you are not alone I can't do it because it's racist but y'all all know what skit I'm talking about if you're black and you listen to the Fugees um, Paul is telling uh, Sarah that his problem started when he was a private contactor or contractor sorry who was hired to monitor Beth and Sarah's like yo what happened to the medical results from the test that you uh, took of me? Because he's like being open and honest with her now. And he's like, I told you we should run away to Rio. And she's like, yeah, whatever. What happened to the test results? He's like, they went straight to Olivia or Olivier. And I didn't get to see him. And Paul's like, I'm worried about whatever you're not telling me. And, and she's getting ready to go take a shower. And she walks out the shower, out the bathroom after turning on the water. And she goes into the bedroom and he's really going to be worried after she jumped out the window and drove off. And while she's in the car, she calls Kasima, uh, who tells her, you know, I might have a monitor as well because I came to my university knowing no one. But out of nowhere, someone wants to be friends. And I'm like, yeah, that's how it works. That's nah, how college dog. works. Nah, dog. She, see, she, see, no, she was right. That situation seemed too perfect. Mm, but I'm saying, like... But she was she right. said she she is right. But what she's saying is she went to college knowing no one and got friends. And that's college. Nah, because like the whole thing about. Yeah, but she's not in college. She's in like med school. No, right. she's at the University of Minnesota. Yes. She's yes. in like a, a higher level of it. She's in a different area. But even then, you'll still make friends. I mean, I've been watching a whole lot of Scrubs recently because that show is fucking dope. And they made friends. Man, that intro pisses me off. Because sometimes for no reason they do the longer version. That takes longer than the original version. The original version takes like 12 seconds. The longer version they draw it out. I can't do it all on my own. I'm like, why the fuck did y'all put this episode on here? But it's a great show. 
Cosima uh, gets told by Sarah to stick to the science. And Cosima's <laughs> like, yeah, do as you say, not as you do. Because, <laughs> you know, Sarah fucked her monitor. And Sarah's explaining to her how Paul is ex-military. So whoever her monitor may be might be dangerous. And then Allison calls on Sarah's other line. Uh, Allison tells Sarah that she needs her. And right at that time, Gemma and Oscar come in as she's putting a helmet on Donnie. <laughs> and she's, I don't understand why she put the helmet on him. But it makes was, sense pretty soon. She put, him, she put the helmet on him because she was about to pull that nigga down the stairs and she had no strength to pick him up. So she had to push his ass down the fucking stairs. She He's tried. Like, you know, she put the helmet on so, he, you know, protect his head a little bit. Protect your neck, nigga. She literally slid that nigga down the stairs and into the wall head first. Yeah, let that nigga go halfway through. <laughs> she was like, fuck that. Let them things go. <laughs> she, got, she, gave, she gave this nigga a running start. <laughs> oh, my God. Whew. So, Paul is watching Sarah's car because he placed a GPS in it. And um, at the same time, we find that Allison has duct taped Donnie to a chair and is asking about what was in the box he, that he had locked up. Generally, this entire episode deals with the monitors or the belief of monitors in each of their lives. So it jumps back and forth between Paul and da and, and Donnie uh, in this scene. And she's asking Donnie what, what was in the box that he had locked up. And she pulls out a hot glue gun. And that nigga's like, what you going to do with that? She slaps the fuck out of this nigga to... Big boob blowies. Like, not yet. <laughs> she slept the not no, not yet. I, not not yet. I thought I thought this would I thought that was the first time because she she noticed that the remember she noticed that mm, it was open mm, and they mm. had those movies that she found. One of us takes notes and the other one's okay. scar. Okay, never mind. Fuck it. We're still like, laughing about her gluing his hair to his chest with a hot glue gun. I, I don't like damn, yo. Like <laughs> This nigga's getting fucked up. And he is he is one hell of an actor mm -hmm. because we all know that he's been talking to somebody about her. So we have an idea that he's probably the monitor, mm -hmm. but he plays this shit so innocently. That you really start to doubt it. Like, was he the monitor? Like, hold up. He's, he's really going through torture. And Later on, we find out Sarah's fucking up the game, too, by talking about some things. But um, she tells Allison tells Donnie about how he how she knows he does medical experiments on her. She's really just projecting all the shit that's happened to Sarah. But she's like, I know how you do medical experiments on me and you've turned my whole life into a big, embarrassing lie. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And that's when she tells him how she knows that she switched the that he switched the files in the box out for a bunch of porno DVDs for big boob blowies. And for every word she says in that sentence, she slaps the shit out of him. She slaps fire out this nigga's side for big boob blowies. <laughs> like, yo. She whooped this nigga ass like a black mama. Like, <laughs> she slapped that nigga like, get a hold of yourself, son. That's the one. <laughs> she should have known he was lying. That's why she kept dripping hot glue on his chest. And that shit looked so painful. Oh, that's the pain that doesn't even, rub away. Even in pain, he still played the innocent. Yeah, I don't think this relationship could be saved. The only reason why it, it, it is saved is what happens later in the episode. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, back at the college, Cosima goes to talk to Delphine and tells her, I'm bored. And so Delphine invites her to go to a lecture about Neolution with, Aldous, with Dr. Aldous Leakey. And Cosima tells Delphine, that's kind of fringe, don't you think? Delphine's like, as a Darwinist, this should interest you. And Delphine saw Dr. Leakey's TED Talk online, so they go. Okay. Paul calls Sarah and tells her um, that the ground underneath them is solid as he literally at the same time he spikes her bottle of whiskey with crushed up pills. And Donnie swears that he didn't do anything to, to Allison while she's sleeping. And Allison asks him if she's sick like the German. And Donnie says, I have no idea who the German is. 
And Allison's about to drip more glue onto this nigga's already blistered chest. Oh my god. When there's a knock at the door. So she blindfolds him and gags Why didn't they tell her why didn't they tell her that they don't know about them being clones and the other clones and shit? Because they don't know who to trust and who not to trust. Yeah. Yeah, but she was interrogating them. But obviously, in order for you to be a monitor, they gotta have something on you. So they they must have something real serious on Doc, because we already know what they have over Paul. What? Something something happened in the military, and that that's something that they got over him right now. And that's the reason why he has to do this. That's kind of like Paul didn't like come out and say it, but that's what he strongly insinuated that, like, yeah, that 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 military shit he was up to being a contractor or whatever like that he he got he got fucked off in the game and they're holding that over his head allison then tells sarah that the emergency is that her husband donnie is her monitor that's what she believes and sarah's incredulous and then ainsley rings the doorbell and allison tells sarah she completely forgot about the potluck party community gathering thing at her house and a bunch of people come pouring through the front door as Ainsley's, as Ainsley's like you're not ready for the potluck yeah she's still, she's still got her pajamas mm-hmm. and Allison's like can we uh, change venues and Ainsley says like it's, it's too late and we're going to get the party started there's now a complete house of people and Allison has the basement roped off with a really nice off limit sign like if she did that calligraphy style that was really talented Shantae can do that shit. Um, Allison explains that Donnie has started doing renovations that week, and that's why no one can go downstairs. Uh, and the kids are screaming for chips, so Allison says she'll get some from the pantry and goes downstairs. I didn't know the pantry was downstairs when the kitchen is right there, but, you know. Right. Sarah, who's still downstairs as well storage. as Donnie. Hmm? But that's the storage, but they're Canadian, so they call it the pantry. I'm just saying, if I kept my food downstairs when my eldest son slept, there wouldn't be any food. Yeah, but their eldest son doesn't sleep down there. Not yet. He's only like nine. By the time he's like 14, Mom, I need my space! Why are you white and I'm black? It's <laughs> <laughs> like a question you asked at a younger age. No, not an older age. I, I don't. If you're 14 year old, just trying to figure out why I'm black and you're white, I think you messed up somewhere along the way. I feel like Allison wouldn't have that talk until he gets older. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Remember, Allison said the Vic looked urban. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he did look urban. That's not a lie. To describe him as not white, she said he looked urban. I don't think she's having that talk with Oscar and Gemma yet. <sighs> Sarah, who's still downstairs with Donnie, tells Allison that she needs to cancel the potluck. And Allison's like, I can't because it's my turn. She also says she has no gift bags, no ice, and no bartender because Donnie's tied up. And at this point, Sarah tells her to take a deep breath. And Allison mutters, I hate yoga. <laughs> I'm sorry. I laughed. Um, Sarah tells her that she needs to go upstairs and act as if nothing's wrong. And Allison's like, fine, but you need to go interrogate Donnie. Since you're the expert, go in there and get that lying bastard to confess. And then Allison's like, because I impersonated you in front of Kira, you need to impersonate me in front of Donnie. It's only fair. And then comes my some of my favorite parts of this show is one of the clones pretending to be one of the other clones. <laughs> the outfit. So, Felix says he can't bartend for her because he has a guest. Uh, however, the guest is now paying Felix, and Felix is like, for real, you're done already? Okay, fine, I guess I can come. So, Sarah tells him to dress the bourbon and grab some ice. Uh, the kids are looking for gift bags at Allison's house, and Mira asks, what's going on downstairs? Because she wants the name of her contractor. Meanwhile, Charity thinks Allison is drunk. Sarah puts on a headband and a pink shirt and is doing her best Allison impersonation on the fly. And she gives Donnie some water and says they can stop. I can stop this whole thing after you answer a few questions. 
Meanwhile, Paul tells Olivier that Beth is back in the dark place again and that he had to stop her from ODing the night before. He wants to know that he won't be blind if she tries it again and he can't stop her. And Olivier says he cannot be judged for his subject's decision and if she makes a bad decision, they have to soldier on. So it sounds like Paul is really setting Beth up to get, or Sarah up to get murdered real quick. Yeah, um, I mean... I mean, he did, you know, put all of the stuff in the drink. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. he's, he's planning on doing something. I'm like, you don't really want to go to Rio, do you, homie? Anyhow, Sarah asked Donnie how the double blind monitoring, monitoring works. And he tells her, I got up at 4 a.m. to watch cricket because the South African game started at 4 a.m. And I was like, mm, cricket, though, my nigga? Yeah, cricket. Mm. He demands that she take out the blindfold and then he hears a commotion upstairs from the party because he also had on noise-canceling earphones. He tells Sarah to get her frazzled PMS shit together. Get your frazzled PMS shit together, Allison! And Sarah loses it for a bit and she's like, look, you need to watch your tone because your wife is a rocket of family and you'll no longer speak down to her. And I'm like, um, the fact that Donnie didn't react to that at all. Exactly is a sign that he's a monitor. They didn't react to what? Her saying his wife is a rocket of family and he will no longer speak down to her. Oh. Well, she was talking about what should have been herself. Mm -hmm. I'm the rocket of family. You'll no longer speak down to me. But no, his wife, you need to respect her because your wife is a rocket of family and you no longer speak down to her. I would have been like, wait, what? Are yeah, we speaking that's, not a sign of, that's not a sign of him being a monitor because they don't know that there's other ones around. He's got to be monitoring something. So he, just, so he just thought she got angry and was what, speaking in third person like people do sometimes. I mean, but honestly, Brandon, what do you think they're monitoring? They don't know. They we don't know. know that that is true. That is true. Okay. Know. For sure. They're Don doing what they told to do. Donnie is shocked and he agrees. Kasima goes to Dr. Leakey's talk, and Dr. Leakey uh, says how they're fundamentally flawed human beings, and he notices Kasima's glasses. Uh, he tells her that in the very near future, he'll be able to help her see infrared and also x-ray, and she's like, I'd rather just have LASIK. And Dr. Leakey continues on to say the Neolution gives them the opportunity at a self-directed evolution, and he believes that that's not only a choice, but a human right. Meanwhile, Vic breaks into Felix's apartment like hella easy. He breaks into his apartment so easy that I started wondering if Felix is just like slumming. Like if he's, um, what's it called? Not slumlord, but where you just. He had a big ass thing of boat cutters. Where he just broke into somebody squatting. else's house and he's just. Squatting. Squatting. Because yeah, he cut them. He cut a lock off the front of Felix's door, and there wasn't anything else there. And there's it's nobody else living in this warehouse. No, it's not a warehouse. It's a warehouse loft. It's a loft. It's a warehouse style loft. So you think he lives there legally? I don't. I've, we haven't gotten any indication that that's not the truth. Hmm. I don't know. He got a whole bunch of paintings and shit there. He act like it's his crib. I mean, it looks like be. a place a painter would be. It's it probably does. in downtown area where he wants to hang out. It's just that's a really bad fucking lock to put on my house if I own this or if I'm actually renting this loft apartment. It's probably really cheap. Hmm. I doubt it's cheap. This, he lives in Toronto in a place in a loft that big. That's not cheap at all. He doesn't have any rooms. You don't have any rooms, bro. It's all one big. Yes, that's room. called a loft. <laughs> I mean, it's I'm just saying. Like, in DC, well, it's called a studio. Thousand like dollars a month. It's called a studio, but in you know, Toronto, it's just it's more expensive than that. Yeah, that shit is sweet. I liked it. I just had questions when Vic came in. Uh, Felix. Uh, also left the address to Allison's house on his computer and Vic, you know, there's no security on my computer. Why? He just lifts up the computer and just gets the address and goes there. 
Uh, Felix is on his way over to Allison's house with ice. And Charity asks Allison where the crackers are. And Allison is getting a little bit tipsy. And Allison tells her, check the cracker cabinet. Which is a great name for the fast food spinoff of the Cracker Barrel, in my opinion. Ainsley asks where Donnie is. And Allison tells her he's tied up. Right. Well, Ainsley tells her, stop covering for him. And that is, it, it's messed up that he isn't helping you. And the way Ainsley was floating around her this whole time, it really did, you know, seem like Ainsley, Ainsley was possibly the monitor, like to throw people off. She just, she just a nosy she, ass. She a nosy, she a nosy Karen. Yes. Um, Ainsley uh, also mentions that Allison knows what she's been going through with Chad as Chad walks over. And Chad literally in front of his wife asks Allison about her workout program or asks Sarah. No, asks Allison about her workout program um, because I like your glutes. And Allison flashes again. Felix says that, his bar that their bartender is there and that he needed a few moments with Allison before he tops Chad off. And Chad thinks it's cool to have a gay bartender. But Ainsley tells him to shut his stupid mouth and go check on the kids. Can't be married to something like that. Uh... What, they call you a stupid mouth? No, just, somebody that's just speak to me like that. I just can't do it. I feel you. I'll feel you. Allison realizes that she screwed up because Donnie isn't her monitor in her belief. She says she whacked Donnie, which felt really good, <laughs> but he isn't her monitor. And Felix is shocked that Donnie's really in there and says he'll go and handle the mess upstairs. Uh, Allison is freaking out because she attacked her husband and ruined her family, and she can only talk to Sarah about it, who's just another version of Allison. Allison's a sociopath. Allison wonders if she's a horrible person and Sarah tells her that, you know, Donnie told me that he got up in the middle of the night to watch cricket. And then she tells uh, Allison that Paul's military, a professional. You've known Donnie since high school, so how could he be your monitor? And that makes Allison cry. He's just Donnie? Eating, farting Donnie? Then she realized that her monitor's probably one of the women upstairs. And Sarah's about to advise Allison, but Allison passes out. And more people are approaching the house, including Paul, who has used the GPS to find Sarah. Cosima and Delphine are still at the event talking geek shit, and Delphine goes to meet Dr. Leakey. She waves Cosima over, and Dr. Leakey begins to speak French. Cosima's impressed, and he says, you, you speak French? And he's like, I have a neurolingual chip neurolingual chip and she's like I call bullshit on that and he says it's something that they're working on at the Dyad Institute and Delphine has heard of the Dyad Institute and Cosima asks if two of the people who came to us talk are from Dyad they're people with silver gray hair and one white eye and he's like oh yeah uh, I was once asked what my perfect person would look like and I suggested silver gray hair and one white eye Cosima's like oh well, I'm an Evo Devo, uh, so when someone tells me something, uh, she tells them to show, not tell. And he says he hopes that she'll give him a chance uh, to prove and ask her to come and take a look at Dyad and gives her a card. Sarah's acting like Allison and tells Felix that Allison passed out. Felix tells her that he thinks she has found Allison's real model, or real monitor, Ainsley. Um, at that time, Chad comes up and rubs up against Sarah again. And Ainsley tells him that no one finds it funny. He tells her that he was just bouncing quarters. Which I believe was a way of saying that Allison has a tight ass. Just bouncing quarters off that tight ass. And walks away. That's what he said. Like, you're talking to your wife like this. Like, dude. Ainsley tells Felix that she's seen him somewhere before and asks if he works at the plaza. And Felix says, I, I don't do plazas. <laughs> she asks how Felix and, and Sarah know each other. And he says that he's her acting coach, which is, you know, it's true. It's true. For Allison, at least. He was Allison's acting coach. 
Angela introduces herself and says she lives across the street. And Felix is like, cool, you want red or white wine? Uh, Delphine tells Cosima that it's nice to make a friend in a brave new world. And they do the, the French cheek kiss thing. And we find that Cosima's into Delphine. Uh, Sarah goes to check on Allison and also on Donnie. And she apologizes to Donnie for everything, but tells him, you know, I can't untie you. Uh, she really wants him to think about what they have there, their house and their kids, and that he doesn't want to lose that, and he agrees. Paul gets out the car, and somehow Vic is already at the party. Vic goes up to Felix and tells Felix that his outfit is fetch. Um, and Sarah comes out of the room with Donnie. Stop trying to make fetch happen. You know, I really thought about this when I typed it out. Fetch is already happening, Scar. Fetch is short for fetching. Stop trying to make fetch happen. Which means, if his outfit is fetching, it's fetch. It's not happening. It's, it's, it's just not happening. Mm-hmm. Sarah comes out the room with Donnie and gets a phone call from Felix who tells her that Vic is there and Vic tells her that if he if she doesn't come upstairs he's going to start making new friends so Sarah tells him to go upstairs to the bedroom and she'll meet him there in two minutes um, Paul comes through the back gate and enters through the back door Allison is starting to stir a bit uh, he sees pictures of Allison and her family and sees Allison pass out on the couch he initially calls her Beth, but he sees no scar on her. So then he calls her Sarah, and she slurs that she's Allison and tells him to come to bed with her. He then hears Donnie screaming in the back room, uh, goes into the back room and closes the door. He stands over him and sees the video of Vic upstairs in Allison's room, right as Sarah walks into the bedroom and closes the door. Paul can see them both through the video. Sarah says the Vic has five seconds and Vic is like, or what? You're going to call Neighborhood Watch? And he starts screaming and she tells him to keep his voice down. He says that they have unfinished business. Um, and he says that she faked her death so she could move on to a new scam and asks, who are you now? He says her life must be so confusing and he and Sarah's like, you have no idea. However, I she gave him his money and then some so he can leave. And Vic's like, you know, five grand doesn't cover my finger or my pain and suffering. He wants a cut of the current scam or else he's going to blow it wide open. At that very moment, Paul comes in and tells Vic that Sarah works for him, so Vic needs to talk to him. And Vic pulls out a gun and tells Paul to turn around and put his hands up. Put your motherfucking hands up! He tells Paul that he's a tax man and he wants his cut. And Paul tells him, you know, we can go talk in the garage. So they open the bedroom door and for some reason, nosy-ass Ainsley is at the door. She wasn't being nosy. You don't have to say that. She has been nosy this whole she, fucking time trying to she figure was out. Looking, no, she was looking for Allison because she wanted to have girl talk to talk about how her husband was treating her bad. It's a fucking potluck. This is not the time. What are you talking about? That's how that works. Mm -mm. Where do y'all think that? Where do y'all think this people the, talk? This ain't, this ain't the time. They best friends. Like you got plenty of fucking time to talk to me about this shit because you. She started with emotion. No, see, you're missing out. We just watched this whole episode of her husband treating her like complete shit during this potluck, and her and so, treating him like shit. How was she treating him like shit? The way she talked to him. What? What did she do? The nigga was talking about throwing quarters off of Allison's ass and how good her glutes look. What yeah, but the, the, the first time we heard him speak, she basically was like, shut up, nigga, go find the kids. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that was the first time we heard him speak. Good. And she cut this nigga off with the quickness. It was like, go find the kids, nigga. Like, like, like that's not that's not your job, too. Because they were having problems. And so she wanted to go talk to her friend about the problems. You don't got to be so mean. Fuck Hazley forever. Actually, you know what? It's not fucking Ainsley. Ainsley is just a nosy. She's just a nosy neighbor. Like a good neighbor, her name is Karen. Pretty much just mean. Well, anyway, Ainsley asks Sarah if they can talk, and Vic tells her, you know, y'all can talk inside. And Vic and Paul leave, and Ainsley asks about Paul, and Sarah tells her, you know, he's a friend from university, uh, college. And Ainsley goes on about Chad and how she thinks he's having another affair um, 
yeah, whatever. Paul and Vic go out to the garage and, I mean, what the fuck was Vic going to do? He only got one hand. Um, and Paul gets a jump on him and disarms him. Disarms him. He only got one hand. <laughs> you know. Uh, Ainsley is still complaining about how she thinks Chad is cheating with the woman from spinning class. He only lost one finger. Like, let's be honest about this. But it's a trigger finger. No, he lost his pinky. Oh, then yeah, he could walk that off. Yeah, he's been he's been walking around here with the shit all wrapped up and shit, where it's just like, dog, just you know. Yeah, because this is the same day. This is the, or the next day, because last episode was when uh, Sarah saw him and then left and went to Paul's, and that's when Paul confronted her. And that shit's about to get infected. This picks up. This and is the same shit, day. But that shit is about to get infected because he's still walking around with a bloody ass fucking bandage on, like he never. You know what I mean? Like, he never even thought about changing that shit. He a yeah. dirty-ass nigga, dog. Yeah, he's urban. He's <laughs> so, uh, Sarah tells Ainsley that she needs to get back to the party. And Ainsley notices that, um, that basically Allison, to her, is wearing a different shirt. Uh, Sarah tells her that one of the kids must have spilled something on it and Ainsley's like you're acting very strangely and I'm gonna get to the bottom of it nosy ass broad yo mm-hmm. Paul however being a sound body and mind and being bout it bout it as fuck is loading up a nail gun and <laughs> tells Vic he wants him to tell him everything about Sarah he puts the nail gun to Vic's head and Vic starts talking immediately this nigga starts singing like Whitney Houston does. Right? <laughs> he tells uh, Paul that he doesn't know Beth or Allison, but that he's in love with Sarah. Uh, Sarah comes in and tells Paul that Vic doesn't have anything to do with them. And Paul asks who the woman on the couch is and asks why her husband is tied to a chair. Paul tells her that Vic seems like a very loose end. And Sarah says, you know, I'll tell you everything when you let Vic go. At that very moment, little Gemma runs in with the ball, calling out for her mommy, and tosses the ball at Sarah. Sarah catches the ball and carries Gemma out. And Vic, seeing an opportunity, tries to escape. <laughs> However, <laughs> Paul, without hesitation, nails Vic's good fucking hand to the arm of the chair. <laughs> uh, that's, Vic just, he just has the worst luck, bro. I don't like it hurt. Right? Hell yeah. I mean, you, he got a nail gun to a fucking wooden chair. Like, that shit went completely through. It stuck in the chair. Ow. That shit hurt. Vic screams, and at that very moment, Ainsley, who's still, for some reason, creep, um, goes down to the basement and sees Allison asleep on the couch. So she helps Allison to bed. Why she's down there when... Sarah was just talking to her. I don't know. Maybe she's not nosy, Brandon, but what would you call it? <laughs> exactly. After, 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 did you say after, helpful? After the shit got Your friend on. is acting insane. What, like, are y'all acting? Are y'all shit got wrote, wrote, shit got, episode? She wrote that shit off for a reason. At the, at the very beginning of everything, she wrote that shit off and said, do not go down there. Like, her friend is acting insane. It's like a person you don't know because it's actually a person you don't know. So you're like, what the fuck is going on? And clearly they're close. So she went to check on her. Like, y'all acting like your friend wouldn't do that shit if you were acting fucking insane. They wouldn't come check on you. They would come check on you. I would come check on you if you were acting like a completely different person. Like, yo, what the fuck is going on? And then I walk down there and you're fucking passed out drunk off of pills. What? Y'all gotta get it. Y'all gotta give these people some credit. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, anyhow, she goes down into the basement like a good neighbor. Ainsley is there. And she helps Allison up to bed. Sarah, at the same time, sends Vic home and is like, you know what, we end here. Don't ever come back. She closed the door on him, and he's still, while she's closing the door, it looks like he's still calling her name. <laughs> and she turns around to see Ainsley enter the garage. No, it looked like he was about to tell her something. Yeah, like, I still love you. 
I still love you. I thought Victor had a secret that he was about to tell him, and then no. she shut the door on him. No, he was just going to hit her off with that. Angelie <laughs> asked if Allison flew down there because she just put her to bed. And Sarah's like, I got up. And Angelie introduced herself to Paul, who says he's just visiting as he's about to pull a blammer out of his waist. Sarah stops him and tells Angelie, Angelie, Every marriage has its secrets as she puts her arm around Paul, as she puts Paul's arm around her waist. And she tells Ainsley, this is between two consenting adults and that no one's getting hurt. And Ainsley agrees and leaves the garage. Well, she said, this ain't none of my business. That's what she said. That's what I said. She agreed. See? Not nosy neighbor. She ain't She's asking nosy. questions. She's nosy. I don't care. You do all that. Ain't no other neighbor come. Ain't no other neighbor come looking for me. They ain't friends. That's her homie. I'm sorry, but this bitch nosy. I'm this chick nosy. I call them goobers now. Paul tells Sarah that it's time to go home, and Alice. Goober. Rock. And Allison walks into her bedroom with Donnie that evening. And apologize for her little breakdown. And Donnie's like, it was my fault. And he agrees that she's the rocket of family. He apologized and tells her that it wasn't just porn in the box. If you took a look inside, his dick was in the box. It's in the box. Um, but no, Jenny Nussbaum from college had an affair with him twice. Okay, nigga, we going way out, like twice. Okay. And then they traded letters for a few years. Dirty talk mostly. Then Jenny got lupus and he never heard from her again. And she was like, you never heard from Jenny? And he was like, I was just trying to hold on to something personal. And he breaks down in tears. But wait, are we just going to glance past the fact that you had an affair with Jenny right? Nussbaum twice? Right. And it's just because, just because she might have died. He didn't even say that she died. It's just. She got lupus. She got lupus. And I, I mean, I know that's a thing on house, but like, come on, dog. Like, what are we doing here? Like, huh? Okay. Get your head out of my lap. Like, plus them blisters on your chest should be in pain right now. Anyhow, Paul's about to get Sarah a glass of his spiked whiskey. And she starts telling him about the clone. So he puts the bad whiskey back and grabs the other bottle. <laughs> and Sarah tells him that he monitors human clones. And he tells her, you should have just told me that in the first place. And then Delphine enters the hotel room, and Dr. Leakey is there, and it seems they know each other, really? biblically. And that's the end of the episode. That seems kind of gross, though. I'm not even going to lie. What, the biblical love? De Delphine and Leakey, it just seems a little gross. Uh, he probably got her Leakey. I mean, he's a scientist, so like this, his... His level of Viagra is some serious stuff. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, he works for he works for a science institute. They can come up with some shit. But now I fully doubt that he actually has this chip inside of him, and that he just said that because Kasim was like, "Oh, you speak French," and he was like, "Oh shit, I did that on accident." Yeah, pretty much. Because because it I don't I'm I'm not aware that that ever comes up again. Hmm. I think so, he just said something just to, just to, he thought that it sounded cool and sciencey. I got a chip in my brain. Mm-hmm. So Brandon, what do you think? What's gonna happen next? Oh, I don't know. I have no predictions yet. Today was kind of a transition episode. The transition from them finding out to what happens next. Yeah, it was so really just—it was really just all about the monitors. This episode was just all about the monitors. I enjoyed it. I really, I really did when I watched this last week. Um, I was gonna watch it again for this show, but I watched it last week after the last show. I'm trying to—I'm trying not to watch ahead, but it's very difficult because yeah. every episode ends on a cliffhanger. It's not difficult for me because I got to write notes on every episode. Yeah. 
Sucks to be you. Right. Oh no, I, I'm scared to literally try and come in and talk about this show just based on shit that I saw on the actual episode. Like, I don't think I remember. I don't. Well, here's the thing. I generally watch the show, watch the next episode right after this episode. So, like, I'll generally watch this, like, later today or I'll watch it tomorrow at work. So, mm. it's, it's you know, it might be days or even a week before we actually do the show. Mm-hmm. So, I definitely couldn't remember everything. So... Scar, you got anything coming up? I'm not new though. Just you know, ain't in there. I've been, I've been meaning to. I'm, I, I kind of want to do a painting. I just don't have a room for it. So I really wanted, I really want to get back into that because for a while that was my happy place. It was. Uh, so I, I really want to get back into that. Um, my, I, but you know, my other happy place uh, happened this weekend. I had my daughter with me. Uh, her 14th birthday was yesterday. Happy so, birthday, Pooh. Happy yeah. birthday. She's she's becoming a little lady. And spent you know, really, because she spent the whole weekend with cramps. So we didn't really do much. Hmm. Brandon, you got anything coming up? I am starting to work out again. Okay. I gotta get in shape. So I bought a Peloton this weekend. How rich are you? <laughs> People with said, no babies. How rich are you talking about? This, this nigga just said, yeah, I bought a Peloton this weekend. Like, you said that a, shit so casually. Like, bought, what? Pelotons cost like 3000 don't they? No. <laughs> no. It was like 1400 mm, I'm about to Google that shit. I ain't got no, I ain't got 1400 to just be like, yeah, I bought a Peloton this weekend. Oh, I I yeah, I, I felt like, you know, I felt like I needed to get in shape. So instead of getting a gym membership, I got a Peloton. I yeah, have anxiety it's... over the gym, so that's why I bought it because I need yeah, to do something in the house. I feel you. So yeah, I, I, got, I ain't got I ain't got the kind of money to be like, yeah, nigga bought a Tesla last week. They're making it for me. Oh no, I didn't pay cash for the Peloton. I know, but, but, that's, I, but I here's mean, the still. benefit. Here's the here is the good salary privilege. I will say, when you have good salary, right, they give you zero percent interest, so then you have no reason to pay cash for anything. So like I get the Peloton, it was like a discount. It ended up being like a hundred and twenty dollars a month for twelve months. Okay, <laughs> that's fine for me. So yeah, I bought a Peloton. It comes in next week. So I was online looking at padded bike shorts because that seat hurts the fuck out your ass. It does. So I'm trying to get back in shape. So that is my start to get back in shape. So. We'll see how that works out for me. Also, uh, myself and Devin and Mike and Reese are going to record tomorrow. What are y'all going to talk about? Three months. Just shit. We yes. haven't recorded in months. I know. I'm super excited. So I get to record again uh, for that. And, oh, Rashadi watched Chuck Turner. Man, fuck that movie. Exploitation film. You, you want to know my review of that movie? That movie is. Was that your favorite? No. Okay, good. Because that movie was... The only good thing about that movie was the fact that there was no nudity in it. And the lead villain was a woman who uh, was still pimping sex workers. Yeah, she was on Star Trek. That's the Uhura, isn't it? No, that is... um... Oh, well, it doesn't matter. No, she was the first. She was on. She was the uh, woman that kissed the black. That was uh, Nichelle Nichols from the Star Trek in the sixties. Well, all I know is that Yafet Koto got a twenty-minute death wait, scene. Wait, 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 wait! You asked if it was who? Uh, Yahuru? Yahura. Ahura? And then you just said that she was. Yeah, she horror. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Y- y'all talking about the same person. Yeah. Y- y'all just kind of Cuban beat that shit. Just like, okay, never. I guess I was wrong. No, you're right. Okay, cool. Played a whole different character on this movie. I'm, I'm, I'm not you, Scar. I'm not gonna make fun of somebody because I'm right. And why would I make fun of you? Because by I'm the right. way, it had because you're a Virgo. It had an excellent no, I'm car chase. I'm just gonna big up me. That Rashani's trying to downplay, but the car chasing. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> no, I'm not. That car chase 
was a scene where Gator literally ran his car into everything moving and stankin' ass Truck Taylor and his boy Lightskin still couldn't catch up with them. Nope. Does that movie have whack nigga music? It does, uh, but it's it's, it's a pretty good Isaac it's Hayes? a pretty good soundtrack because no, no, Isaac, Isaac, Hayes, Isaac Hayes, Hayes did the whole thing. Nah, I, I I I look if it ain't got whack nigga music, then I can't. Whack nigga, 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 If it ain't got whack nigga music, like it did, it did. At one point, the beat went whack nigga, 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 whack dun dun dun. <laughs> so yeah, it had it. Yeah, so we'll review that at some point this week. Excellent, excellent black exploitation film. Is it though? I I watched uh, because of you, Brandon. Thank you. Um, I watched Raised by Wolves. I watched the whole first season and the five episodes that have the five or six episodes that have been released so far. I'm like really invested in that shit right now. I hate that I caught up. Oh, we got to message Jeff because he's supposed to be on for Petey Wheatstraw. You're going to have to find all of these movies because one thing I found out about black exploitation movies is that they're impossible to find legally. Uh, I think Petey Wheatstraw is on Tubi. Okay. I'm pretty sure it's on Tubi. Uh, so that'll be, that'll be, you know, that'll be easy to find. But uh, yeah, man, that's an insane movie. So I want to so, tell... Uh, Scar, listen to this. I'm about to read you before we close out. I'm going to read you the description of Petey Wheatstraw, and you tell me if this sounds insane. Uh, From the man you know as Dolomite comes a gem about a man who was born as a full-grown nine-year-old and shared his mother's womb with a watermelon. Anyway, he gets in trouble with the devil who wants to marry his daughter, then has to fight off the demon henchman. Does anything sound better than that? This is like that, the greatest movie of all time. That sounds like a movie. That sounds like one of those movies that you're just like, I have no fucking idea what's happening there. I have to see this. Rashani's not ready. He's not ready for this. I know I'm not ready. Oh, it's on free on Voodoo, and it's on it's free on Crackle, and it's free on Tubi. So there you go. And okay. it has a five out of five on Walmart.com. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say Walmart.com? Mm-hmm. Okay. Just making sure. Just so you know. Okay. <laughs> the Walters probably love that shit. All black exploitation. <laughs> right? That's, that's what they traffic in, black exploitation. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> so you can I'm uh, enjoying that on hindsight, by the way. That's that's what I wanted to say. I'm enjoying black exploitation but on hindsight. So check it out. You can leave a review on Spotify. It only takes a few minutes. Uh, you can also leave a review on Podchaser. Copy and paste that in the Apple Podcast, and then copy and paste that in the Good Pods. Uh, Brand is on Twitter at that cool black nerd. Black is spelled B O K. Scar's on Twitter at Scarfinger. I'm on Twitter at Rashani, and the show is R T O Podcasts. Um, you can donate to the show at patreon.com slash single simulcast or at buymeacoffee.com slash sscast uh, or on the Good Pods app, there's a tip jar. Uh, the email address is still just the tip. The email address is still return to oswald at gmail.com. Um, and the voicemail number? It's 916-633-1537. Um... Yeah, I think that's about it. Thank y'all so much for listening. We do greatly appreciate it. Y'all be good. We're gonna holler at you later. Peace. Can't get it out of my head now. You're welcome.
The theme music for another one was made by Makai Beats, and it's called Heaven. You can contact him on Makai.com, which is M-A-K-A-I-H.com, or you can find his beat on the Free Music Archive. This is Single Simulcast.